to every mother in the room, mother figure, surrogate mother, godmother, play mother. I want to remind you of what God is saying about you. He says you are enough. He says that you are priceless. He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says you are loved. You are strong. You are chosen. You are worthy and you are victorious. Do you believe? You know, God says this just because of who you are to him. Not because of what you do right. Not because of what you do wrong. But because of who you are. It's just because of you. And one thing that's so great about God, that's his unconditional love. That's how God is. He loves us no matter who we are, what we've done, what we've done right or wrong. Because God, he gives us grace and he loves us. And so in him, mothers, you will find whatever you need in whatever season you're going through. He'll give you strength. He'll give you comfort. He'll give you endurance. He'll give you peace. And I believe this. He gives you joy. So mothers, it's my prayer that God meets you in this season that you're in. And that he reminds you that you have given your all and you have gave your all now in this season. And everything that you've given, you gave what you knew to give. You know, sometimes we often blame ourselves when our kids turn out a certain way, grown adults, when they turn and, and go different ways. But it is not your fault. You did the best you could. You've given everything that you knew to give. So mothers, I want to say we celebrate you. We honor you today. My big brother sent me a message, a text message, and he sent it last night because he said, I want to be the first one before everybody sends you all these messages. And he said, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. But there's something he said in that message. He says, I'm proud to have you as a sister. He said, because you are great. And I said, great. And then he put in there, he says, check the meaning of great in the Webster Dictionary. And he says, all those words, they fit you. I said, oh my God. So I want you to know today on Mother's Day, on behalf of Pastor Darius and myself, we want to say that we're proud of you. We're proud of every spiritual daughter. And we want you to know that you are great. You are elaborate. You are remarkable. You are in the magnitude of degree with effectiveness. You're distinguished. You're aristocratic and noble and outstanding. You are great. Every word fits you. So happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we have some beautiful church mothers. I don't know how many are in the room today, but the mothers in the room, I want you to know we honor you. We love you. Y'all look so beautiful. Y'all masked up. Thank you. <laughs> but y'all look so um, beautiful. And just thank you for being here. Mother Joan, you have a birthday coming up. Happy birthday. We love you all so much. So if you would turn to your Bibles or to your iPads or to your phones to Acts chapter 1, verse 12. And I use the English Standard Version. I love the English Standard Version because it breaks the scriptures down so that we can understand it. So it says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet. Where, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they entered, they went up to the upper room, the disciples, all of these. And verse 14 says, and all of these on one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women 
and the mother of Jesus, Mary, and his brothers. So our mission of Change Church is to help as many people as possible live, love, and lead like Jesus so that they can change the world. That's what we want you all to do, go out and change the world. And so on this Mother's Day, I thought it would be so fitting to learn from the woman who birthed the person who changes our lives and changed the world. So we're going to learn all about Mary in a different way. Y'all ready to learn about Mary? All right. <laughs> so in the 90s, there was a group of teenagers, and they started a phrase called WWJD. I'm sure all of you all had the bracelet. I tried to see if I could find my bracelet. I can't find it because that was back in the 90s. But the term was WWJD. Well, today, I want to add another letter to that acronym, and the letter is M. So I'm going to ask the question, WWJMD. What would Jesus' mother do? All right, so we wore what would Jesus do, but today we're going to ask, what would Jesus' mother do? Y'all want to hear from Jesus' mother today? <laughs> so as I searched the passage to highlight Mary, Jesus' mother, I discovered a number of things. I discovered that she was mentioned 12 times by name in the Gospel of Luke. 12 times in Luke, five times in the Gospel of Matthew. She was, she was referenced twice in the Gospel of John, once in the Gospel of Mark, and, and in the Gospel of the book of Acts. All of those times throughout scriptures, and many of us know the stories, but I'm going to tell you a little about um, her story. My, the scripture that I just read is the end of Mary's story, but I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Somebody say all the way back to the beginning. So I believe we can look at Mary's story and ask the question, what would Jesus' mother do? So for the note takers, I want to give you five answers to my question, what would Jesus' mother do? WWJMD. You ready, note takers? In the Gospel of Luke, the story of Mary's pregnancy begins with a visitor from the angel Gabriel. The Bible teaches us that God sent this angel Gabriel to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to share with the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary. She was favored, she was the favored one, and she was to conceive a son and carry the most high, which was Jesus. So number one note takers, what would Jesus' mother do? Position yourself. So if you're in Mary's shoes right now, it's time to position yourself. In Luke, Chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. So if somebody knock on your door and say, Greetings, O favored one, okay. Y'all like, wait a minute, what's going on? So of course, Mary looked, she had a troubled look, and she said, Okay, I'm trying to discern what's happening. So she went on to listen. And the angel said, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you, can, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. All right, pause for the calls. So if somebody knocked on your door and said, you a favored one, and you are a virgin, and you're going to conceive a son, you're going to be a little confused, right? But see, one of the things I saw in this story is when you position yourself, you set yourself up to hear from God right? How would this story have been written if Mary wasn't in the position to hear from God? What if she was busy doing everything? You know how we often get busy and we don't spend time with God. What if she was too busy and she was doing everything else? The story would have not been written the same way. But Mary took her time to get in place and listen and hear from God. Can you find time in your day to listen and hear from God? Can we say, yes, I spend time with God. I listen with him. I make sure I give him my time. Okay, yes, we can all say that. 
But one of the things I want you to know is the right position can make or break a promise. I'm going to repeat that. The right position can make or break a promise. Think about when women give birth. When women give birth, they're in the ninth month for the most part, and a baby has to be in the right position. So when that baby is supposed to be in the right position, if it's turned wrong, they'll say, oh, they're breached. We got to turn them around because they got to go head down, head first. And when that baby is not in the right position during delivery, two things can happen. It can hurt the baby, and it could put the mother at risk, right? Because that baby's not in the right position. The same thing happens when you, when God has given you an assignment, and you are not in the right position. When you're carrying something that God has not given you, you don't just put what you're carrying at risk. You put you at risk and you put what you're carrying at risk. So we got to protect what we're carrying. We got to position ourselves so we can hear from God. Note takers, you ready for number two? We got to prepare and trust the process. Prepare and trust the process. Ooh, that's a hard one right there. Mary had to get the facts straight because remember I told you he came to the door to tell her something she had to make sure she heard the angel right so I'm sure if this was you and this person knocked on your door you would probably say okay come again say that again run that back around one more time what's supposed to happen who supposed to get pregnant oh okay the virgin Mary now how's that gonna happen Mary said how will this be I am a virgin Mary learned that she had God's favor on her and that she was going to conceive Jesus. And so in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it says, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Because, you know, she asked how. And he says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, a child will be born and called Holy, the Son of God. And he said, and, she, he said, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, will also conceive. So now she's looking at him sideways again because Elizabeth had been barren. So for six months, they said Elizabeth had been barren. So now not only was the virgin going to be pregnant, the barren woman was going to conceive as well. And the scripture says, for nothing is impossible without God. Nothing is impossible without God. And this is what I love about Mary, man. I can learn so much from her. She said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. She said, let it be according to your word oh come on now we always say let the lord's will be done but do we truly mean that no we don't always mean it we say it but we don't mean it mary had to prepare she had to trust the process this requires some serious type of faith this is faith that's on a whole nother level this angel has just shared with her the impossible so not only do you have to get your mind right, you just got to slow down for a minute and say, all right, I need to get prepared. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Her faith was on another level. Mary had faith goals. Hashtag faith goals. Y'all ready for that? <laughs> so trusting the process requires the ability to let go and truly trust God. How many of us can really let go and trust God and do what he said he was going to do? We don't want to do that. We get all in the way. But I know I can hear Mary talking, and Mary said, God, I want to be used by you. So however I need to be used, go on and do it. So she said, all right, Lord, I guess I'm going to let you do this. Go ahead now, because that's what so many of us do. But I want you to know the journey of faith is filled with fragments, surprises, 
and incomplete sentences. I want to say that again. The journey of faith is filled with fragments, surprises, and incomplete sentences. I know I can tell you this. If you submit to God's world, a word and his will for your life, then there is a reward on the other side. We don't always see the reward on the journey, but on the other side, we see the reward. And I do know there is something on the other side of God's obedience. When you're obedient, God has something for you. So when you're obedient to God, ooh, it's something on the other side. Now, the journey could be rough, right? But there's something on the other side. So you must prepare and trust the process. The story of Gabriel comes to my, um, when Mary spoke about the story of Gabriel, it's one of my favorite parts of this whole story of um, Mary because there's something important that happened in this story. And it reminds me of something that happened in my life. I have my own Gabriel story. And I had to believe and submit and hear from God as well. And I don't know if many of you know this, but back in 2006, standing right here on this stage, it was August 2006, we had a building dedication for this building here in Ewan, New Jersey. And during the um, building dedication, it usually a pastor comes in and he anoints and prays over the pastors. And so we're on stage, and I think I was probably really, really small back then. And, um, you know, we were young, 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 young. And we were standing here and holding hands. And you know how when the pastor prays for you, you close your eyes, you hold your hand, you're ready to be anointed. And so Bishop Hilliard was praying over us. And, you know, he's speaking over us and, and saying what God is going to do. And in that moment, he said, and to the child in her womb, I did this like here. I looked around to make sure it wasn't anybody else looking. And I said the child in her wounds. I just let him pray. You know, I'm not going to stop the bishop. Now, the bishop hear from God, so I just kind of look confused because I'm like, ain't no child in my womb, but I'm going to just let him go with it. So he prayed, and we went to the back, and I said, hey, bishop, I want to make sure I heard you right. I need you to run that back, like Mary. Run that back again. And he said, no, the child in your womb. And I said, okay, bishop. Bless your bishop, because, you know, I honor and respect the man of God. And I went, I told pastor, I said, I don't know, Bishop was off today, but you know, we just going to go with it <laughs> because Bishop don't know what he's talking about. And the reason it was so confusing is because I had a lot of medical complications early on when I was early in my 20s and 30s. And so the doctors had me on all type of medications and the medications that I was on caused infertility. And they had told me I couldn't carry another child because of all the issues I had had with the first child. So when Bishop was praying and saying this in my mind, I'm like, no, I just went to my doctor last week and they made it clear this is not going to happen. So, you know, I said, all right, let me just go with it. And a couple days had passed by and one of the members called me and said, hey, I'm just checking on you. You know, Bishop said that you was carrying a child. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Now I got to tell these people that Bishop, this prophecy went right. And <laughs> I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I respect this man of God. And I said, well, let me just go take a test since this is lingering. We got to address this with the people. So I take the test and lo and behold, I'm pregnant. I called Darius Daniels, and I said, um, Bishop here from the Lord, because he was right. <laughs> then I called my doctor, because I'm like, something right. Y'all did not tell me the truth. And, you know, it, it's a funny story, but one of the things is I learned so much in that moment. God had something for me. He had something that he wanted me to carry, and it didn't matter if everybody said it was impossible. He knew that it was possible. 
And another thing about carrying my son, which I named Gabriel Micah Daniels, Gabriel the prophet and the angel, right? Gabriel Micah Daniels, we named him that, and I did not know what I was carrying. I didn't know the assignment he had on his life, but I was willing to carry it. I was willing to prepare and go through the process. And y'all, the process wasn't easy. When I, when I was pregnant with Gabriel, we were in and out the hospital, preterm delivery. He was in a NICU. He had to come home with a breathing machine. We went through it. But I knew that God had given me that for a reason. And there was an assignment on his life. And so I submitted and said, all right, God, I don't understand this, but I'm allowing your will to be done, and I'm submitted to the process. So I don't know how many of you out here have something that you're carrying and trying to birth. It doesn't have to be a child, but there may be something that God is telling you that you're supposed to birth and carry, and you won't let go and trust the process. I encourage you today to let go and trust the process. Get out of God's way. We're so bad about getting in God's way. We want to fix it. We want to figure it out. You're not going to know the other side of it. Let him prepare you however it is he needs to prepare you and let it go. It reminds me of the scriptures that say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You're not going to understand it. Let it go. Trust the process. And that's what Mary had to do. Mary said to that angel, behold, I am your servant. That ministered to me. I'm here to serve. I have a servant's heart. We're here to serve. She said, I'm willing. I will do whatever it is you ask me to do. And see, I know that Mary, she understood her assignment. Point blank, period. Come on. So number one, position yourself. Number two, prepare and trust the process. Y'all ready for number three? Partner with others. Partner with others. The gospel of Luke tells us the story after Mary learned from, the Gab- from angel the Gabriel, he didn't just tell her that she was going to conceive. He told her that Elizabeth was going to conceive too. But Elizabeth, remember, was barren. So that was big news that Elizabeth is about to conceive. And so Mary went down to make sure she went to Elizabeth's house to tell her the good news. Now, I like to think about this thing when I'm reading these stories. So I pause when I read through this. Now, if I was just told that I'm a virgin and I'm about to have a baby, that's the first problem, and I know that no man was involved. So that's where the problem comes in, right, y'all? Because they're like, okay, a virgin can have a baby. No, not if a man is not involved. So a man's not involved. I'm not going to run and tell the world my tea because I'm going to be looking, people are going to be looking at me sideways, right? So I'm sure that this was difficult for Mary to go run out and tell this story. But Mary was such a bomb boss chick. She didn't care about what, what it was that people said about her. She wanted to share in somebody else's blessing too. She didn't allow what was going on in her life to stop her from her excitement about her friend, about her relative. You know, some of, so many of us get our word and we run with it. But when somebody else gets a word, we kind of start acting funny. We don't want to run with their word and get excited about them, right? See, real friends, they don't just hear your word and run with it. They listen for the next word for you too. That's a real friend. And so in Luke 1, verse 30, it says, She entered the house, Elizabeth's house, Zacharias and Elizabeth's house. And it says, When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb leaped. Oh, come on now. All she had to do was open up her mouth and the baby leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she cried out blessed are you among the women and blessed is the fruit of your womb Mary wasn't selfish y'all she celebrated it wasn't even about her in that moment 
She knew what she was carrying, but she also was celebrating what somebody else was carrying. Do we do that? Do we celebrate what somebody else is carrying? And see, one of the things I know is when you partner with someone, it's more than about the relationship. Relationships are about emotions. But partnership, it's about emotional integrity. Let me tell you what emotional integrity means for those of you who say, I don't know what that means. Emotional integrity is the personal achievement of emotional strength, dis discipline, and the completeness that remains constant no matter what others say or do. I'm going to say that again. Emotional integrity is a personal achievement of emotional strength, discipline, and completeness that remains constant. That means it doesn't go away no matter what others say or do. E-I, emotional integrity. We all need emotional integrity. Mary, she had emotional integrity. She had a whole complicated situation going on. But because of her E-I, it was okay. She said, although I got all this stuff going on, I'm going to praise Elizabeth and what she has. I'm going to praise her for her blessing. Because she could have been jealous. She could have said, well, why does Elizabeth's story get to be better than my story? My story is complicated. People are going to be looking at me funny. They're not going to be looking at Elizabeth funny. But she didn't do that. She didn't compare. There was no jealousy. Mary was, I'm telling y'all, Mary passed the vibe test. Low key, she passed it, all right? Look, it's Mary for me. But you have to partner with others because divine relationships are always reciprocal blessings. Divine relationships are always reciprocal blessings. Oh, come on now. Like Dr. Darius would say, he would run across the stage and say, ain't that good? But I'm not Dr. Darius. All right. So you got to position yourself, number one. Number two, you got to prepare and trust the process. Number three, you got to partner with others. Y'all ready for number four? You got to push others to greatness. Push others to greatness. Mary had to accept who Jesus was to her. He was her son. But she also had to realize who he was to the world. It wasn't just about her, right? He was born for the world. And in Luke 2, Jesus was 12 years old when they start talking about Mary again. And in the story, it said Jesus was 12 and he went on off. And for three days, they looked for him, Mary and Joseph. And finally, when they found him, Luke 2.49 says, Jesus said, why were y'all looking for me? I said, oh, I love Jesus. I told, you know what, sidebar, I told PD, I said, Jesus was the king of clapback. I think PD preached that a couple years ago. But I'm like, it's Jesus. I, I need to learn to clapback like him. But he said, where were y'all looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? Look, he said, I'm tending my father's buildings. Why y'all looking for me? In that moment, she realized something. It said in verse 51, and his mother treasured up all the things that was in her heart. Ooh, what does a mama feel? when she had to be put in her place because she had to remember what God gave her. It wasn't about her in the moment. It wasn't about him just being her son. It was about him being the assignment that she birthed for the world. So she had to treasure it up in her heart. It wasn't about her in that moment. And no longer throughout the scriptures did you hear her refer to him as just my son. You heard about them saying she watched. She watched. As he was ministering, she watched. She watched. That's all she did. She watched. And she was waiting and watching. And I'm sure she's a mama, so she was praying and waiting and watching. And I remember the story when Jesus um, was at the wedding, and everybody knows this story, okay? I know y'all know this story. John 2, it says, verse 4, And Jesus said to her, 
Woman, what does this have to do with me? Now, let me tell y'all what Mary asked. She ran up to him and said, they ran out of wine at the wedding. Y'all heard that story. You know, everybody say, Jesus threw water to wine, right? <laughs> so Mary ran up to Jesus and said, hey, they ran out of wine. And Jesus said, what does this have to do with me? He said, my hour has not come. And mama, she didn't say, all right. And she didn't go about her business. You know what mama did? She told the disciples, get ready. God about to tell y'all, Jesus about to tell y'all to do something. So y'all going to get ready, right? Because Jesus didn't think it was his time. Sometimes it takes a person to push you into your time. And one of the things about verse five, one of the things about verse five, what it says is, Jesus had not performed miracles, y'all, until that moment. That was the first time he had ever performed a miracle. I didn't know that till I started reading more. That was his first time performing a miracle. And it says after he performed that miracle, everybody believed. His glory manifested, and everybody believed. A mother sees what's in you. A mother pushes you to greatness. And it doesn't have to be your natural mother, the biological mother. It could be a mother, a mother figure. That's why we celebrate all type of mothers here at the church because we know what a mother can do. We know a mother can push you. When you sitting down, a mother can push you. A mother can help you see things about yourself. And that's what she did for Jesus. Jesus said, it's not my time. She said, oh yes, today is your time. It's your time to perform these miracles. How many of us have somebody that will push us into greatness? Do you have somebody that'll push you into greatness? Where is the Marys that's pushing you into greatness? Jesus performed those miracles, y'all, and they believed. The disciples believed. I want to know where the God pushers are in the room. Come on, God pushers. You are sent by God to help shift, succeed, and soar. God pushers. I need that shirt. God pushers. I'm here to help you shift, succeed, and soar. Every mother need to be a God pusher in the room. Y'all push people to greatness. That's what Mary did. So Mary taught us how to position ourselves. She taught us how to prepare and trust the process. Mary taught us how to partner with others. And Mary has taught us how to push others to greatness. So you ready for my fifth and last point? What would Jesus' mother do? Jesus' mother would watch and pray. Watch and pray. So as we bring it back to our opening scripture in Acts, Jesus, Mary was watching Jesus, because remember I said she watched throughout the scriptures, and she was watching her son be beaten. I can't imagine what she was feeling in that moment, but she watched him. And the Gospel of John says, John 19, 26, and this is so powerful. It says, Jesus saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing by nearby, standing over there watching y'all. And he said, Mother, behold woman your son behold your son and then he said to disciples behold your mother he told him to take her and leave and that's what they did they took her off and leave they left because he didn't want her to see him going through what he, she was going through he knew he didn't want her because no matter if it was for the world she was still his son so she still grieved she still had pain this is a real feeling that we all we all it happens to our lives sometime in our lives and Jesus loved her enough although all he was going through in that moment he said no y'all take her away protect my mama and so the last answer to the question what would Jesus mother do watch and pray she watched and prayed because it said they went up to the upper room and in that upper room it said all the disciples were there and women but it pointed out in the scripture in Acts, it pointed out that Jesus, 
Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in that room. She was in that room, y'all. What was she in that room doing? They said she was praying. She had been watching for so long. She was praying. When she saw that what her son was going through, she didn't stay down there. She went up to the upper room and prayed. And that's what we have to do. Y'all, we got to pray. They entered the upper room to devote themselves to prayer. How many of us stop and enter ourselves in our upper room, whatever your upper room is, to devote yourself to prayer? A lot of people talk about prayer because prayer is powerful. But Mary, she didn't just pray, y'all. She watched. How many of us are watching? PD talked about it, the watchmen. How many of us are watching? We're supposed to be watching and praying. She prayed with her eyes open. She had to be watchful. How many of us are watchful in this room? How many of us are praying? Mothers, you have eagle eyes. Eagle eyes, mothers. We line this, but we got some eagle eyes. We can see our children even when they're in danger, right? You know how they'll call whatever age. They'll call and you'll say, what's wrong? Mm-mm, something ain't right. You see them walk by, Because we watch and we pray. We watch and we pray. We're discerning because we watch and we pray. When they call, we're discerning. Our sight is the sixth sense. PD taught us about the sixth sense. That's our sight. We see things that other people don't see. We see the good in them. We see the bad in them. We see. And what we see is a gift that we use to guide our prayers. When I tell you, PD um, just dropped this 30 day, 31 days of prayer, y'all, we got to use that because we have to pray. Mothers, you need to trust what you're saying. Fathers, you need to trust what you're seeing. Come on. Mothers see, fathers say. I don't know how the households work. Sometimes mama do it all, see and say. But you need to trust it. Jesus told the disciples in the garden of Gethsemane, you know what he said? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. He had to say it to his disciples, but he didn't have to say it to mama. Why didn't he have to say it to mama? Because she already knew. Mamas be praying, y'all. Mamas pray. Mary watched and prayed. Mamas, we watch and pray. And so I encourage you, any parent in this room, any parent watching the stream, download that gift. I'm going to have them to drop the link in the chat again. Download that gift of prayers. I know when I'm going through, y'all, I pulled back out. I was so glad PD did this. I pulled back out my old praying stuff, my power of a praying woman. I got power of a praying mom for young kids, power of a praying mom for adult kids, because you got to pray for them in every season of their life. And our pastor loves us enough to give us what we can pray over our children, no matter what age they in. We got to pray. We got to watch. We got to pray until something happens. That's what we're here to do. And so the psalm of Mary's story was to position yourself, to prepare and trust the process, to partner with others, to push others to greatness, and to watch and pray. She modeled this throughout her whole life. Her entire relationship with God has been one of waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled. She waited. She waited for his promises to be fulfilled. Even when it seemed impossible, she waited and she prayed. And I want to remind you of one scripture that's one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, they who wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Y'all, we got to pray. Carrying something is not easy. It's not easy to carry what God has assigned to us. But I do know this is possible. It's possible. Everything you're carrying is possible. You just got to focus. Focus on your assignment. Mary focused, not on the baby, but she focused on what she was carrying. She focused on who, she was, who he was to the world. And she was committed to carry out her assignment. I want you to ask yourself, what has God assigned you that you know you hadn't carried out? You have not been committed to it. You've gotten all in the way. What is it? I encourage you, let go. Let God do his part. You step out and do what it is you're supposed to do. And so my final statement would be, so what would Jesus' mother say in this moment? I think she would tell you, everything you need is already inside of you. It's already in you. She would say, trust God. She would say, trust the process. She would say, trust yourself, especially when God is leading it. And she would say, leave the rest to Jesus. Thank you. What would Jesus' mother do?